Welcome back, Wildcat fans, to another episode of the Wildcat Alley podcast. Alex Marcatulio, my boy Juice Thompson, ready to talk all things Northwestern basketball. First and foremost, shout out our guys at New Amendment for putting this on. Uh, another great episode ahead. Uh, looking forward to recapping Brown as well as uh, Ohio State. And then we have some great uh, conference games on the, on the docket as well with Illinois coming to Welsh Ryan on Wednesday as well as the Cats bouting at Indiana over the weekend as well. So another tough slate of games coming up. But first and foremost, Juice, Happy New Year. Uh, and let's get right into it and, and talk about the Brown game. My man, Happy New Year. I hope you had a good time. You know, got to spend time with your wife and family. Hope that was good. Yes, sir. And um, yeah, you know, so we starting off the new year. We're going back to that Brown game. You know, it was a good win for us, but it was tough. You know, it was definitely good to see you there. That's right. See you and your friend from back in the day. And then, you know, my boys, they were really excited to see you. You know, they get to watch all our old games. So being able to put a, a face with a name and everything was good for them. But for the Cats, offensively, you know, we had some struggles. You know, we, we always hold, you know, tip our hat on the defensive end. And I think we did a really good job in the second half, especially on, you know, Lily Jr., who can score. And he did a really good job in the first half scoring. You know, we were we went to halftime losing. And, you know, we were able to buckle down a little bit in the second half, get some stops. But, you know, I was a little worried. You know, a game like that on paper, you know, we were supposed to beat that team by double digits and, you know, handle our business. But, you know, it shows our veteranship. We were able to make some plays down the stretch. And, you know, we had a few guys step up and play well. You know, congratulations to Chase Aldeej reaching 1,000 points. That was huge. He made it on a nice one-on-one play. You know, we had some other guys with career nights. But Matthew Nicholson, 11 rebounds, six offensive. And that was kind of one of the differences of the game, you know, with us out-rebounding them. We've had a lot of success this year rebounding the ball. And with those offensive rebounds that we had, that was able to give us extra possessions. So I think that was a little bit of the difference as well as our defense. But offensively, the struggles we had being stagnant, looks like guys were tired coming out. And, you know, that's one of the things I've been worried about with our guards taking up so much responsibility defensively, stopping those perimeter players. Do we have enough in the tank to score the ball? Yeah. What, is, what are some things that you saw? What can we work on? Any players that played well? What are your thoughts? Yeah, Juice, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Everything you said completely checks out. I, I really wanted to see more um, more of our depth shine through. Um, and I was able to, to watch the game courtside, which is great. And then first and foremost, it was awesome seeing your family, your wife, your kids. Uh, yeah. Probably some two of the cutest kids on the planet, I, I might add. Oh, man. Um, Appreciate it. And then, you know, when they're showing me love, I, you know, I had to, you know, I had to shout yeah. them out on the pod, too. So um, yeah. shout out the that. boys and uh, young yeah. Steph Curry's in the making. So there you um, go. <laughs> they, they they asked me if I shot like Steph Curry. I said I tried to, but I tell you, hey, you've been shooting that long three for you know before Steph was. That's so. right. That's right. Um, but back to the game, I was able to watch uh, courtside, uh, you know, versus Brown. And again, we looked very connected defensively. I thought Brown runs some some really difficult stuff. They they play a little bit of small ball, so a little bit of like four guard action. And I thought we did a really good job in our help roles. Um, because there was a lot of scramble situations that we needed to, to tie up at halftime. We got caught switching when we weren't supposed to, or there was a little bit of a lack of communication in the first half where the second, cat, when the second half came around. It looked like they uh, took a look at 
uh, some of the things that they were doing, you know, poorly in the first half and really made that that change and were able to communicate better um, during the second half. So that was something that I saw firsthand on the floor that really shifted after halftime. Um, but really moving forward, it's going to be, can we score the ball and do we have enough production out of the front line, right? We, we know that we're going to have a really guard-oriented um, output in terms of scoring, but, you know, if we have some sort of off-shooting night or we're not making a lot of threes, we're really going to have to get some inside presence and have somebody that we can throw the ball to inside or just get easier baskets around the around the rim. So um, that was something that I really didn't see a lot of uh, for Brown. And credit Brown again, right? They, they were very disciplined in, uh, in their de- defense as well, in their scheme. So mm. they forced us to take a lot of, a lot of difficult shots and um, potentially take a lot of tough twos that didn't fall for us. And then, you know, you, you mark four of 21 from, from three, you're not going to win a lot of games. And then that really turned into uh, a carryover into Ohio State which obviously wasn't the performance that you and I were hoping for or the team was so hoping for um, in the second Big Ten game. Uh, but a lot of things that, that we can learn from uh, when, we head into, when we head into Ohio State and, and we start to break that film down. Uh, you know, Overall, I just felt like Ohio State came out and smacked us in the mouth, right? And yeah. from there, when you build that big of a deficit early, it's it, – that's really hard to come back from, especially if you're not knocking down outside shots. And then, you know, somewhere that we've keyed in on you and I juice is the free throw line. At one point yesterday, we were over six from the line or over seven from the line. Um, mm-hmm. When you're trying to fight back into a game or stay close within a game, you know, those are points that uh, are going on the board potentially without the clock moving. And mm-hmm. those are opportunities I feel like we missed out on. And I think we missed a lot of layups too. Uh, a yeah. lot of, areas where we had offensive rebounds we were putting it back up and we were we were just missing layups and not capitalizing on those second and third opportunities so i think if a few of those things go differently we knock down a couple threes the trajectory of that game is is completely different um and as you could see when you know down the stretch a little bit when uh in the second half when we started to make some shots we did start to, to tighten it up it got to 14 or 13 at some point uh later in the half but by then it was too late um, you know, coming from your perspective, Juice, as someone that played four years in the conference and someone that played a lot of teams that were ranked, had highly skilled players that were, you know, eventual pros. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that, that you saw that we could have changed that could have gone differently in order to, to change the outcome? Yeah. To piggyback, you know, pretty much off what you said at the beginning, you know, they came out, you know, smacked us in the mouth. Yeah. You know, you talk about it, you know, you want to protect home court and you're playing against a really good opponent, you got to throw that first punch. And like you said, it's an uphill battle pretty much after you get off to a start like that. Playing against a good team like that that's well coached, that moves the ball the way they move the ball. They're good on their rotations on the defensive end. And one of the main things I really enjoyed about Ohio State, which I really thought gave Northwestern a problem, was the way they moved the ball. It's hard to guard. It's tiring when you're constantly chasing the ball on the defensive end. And Ohio State did a great job of moving the ball side to side, side to side, inside, outside, getting open threes, getting layups. And, you know, they pretty much bullied us in the paint. And it kind of looked like our guys were tired. And that kind of goes back to the Brown game when we were talking about our guards. Can they 
continue to guard at a high level and still be able to put the ball in the basket. And we know, you know, we rely on Chase. We rely on Boo. You know, one thing, I think we do shoot a lot of outside shots. I think at one point, it's like 12 minutes left in the first half, and we were two for nine for three. Then when it got to like 10 minutes left, we were like two for 11. Times like that, you know, when that ball isn't falling, it's better to get, you know, shots closer to the basket and try to get to that free throw line. Although, you know, like you said, first half, we were 0 for 6 from the free throw line. But situations like that, ball's not falling. Defense isn't working how it usually works. We got to try to find ways to get some easier shots, whether that's free throws, some duck ins. And even going back to that Brown game, I would personally like to see big Matthew Nicholson get a couple touches in the post. Even if that's not his main thing, just put some pressure on the big man. Make them, you know, have to play defense in a different way. Because right now, the only thing the big men are doing on the opposing team, they're just showing out on our guards and ball screens. So I would like to see, you know, a couple more touches inside. But ultimately, we got to get off to better starts. We have to be able to defend, you know, those teams moving the ball side to side. And offensively, we have to get better shots. We yeah. got to kind of take a page out of Ohio State's book. Moving the ball side to side, that's tough to guard, especially with that long of a shot clock. Eventually, you know, you're going to wear the guys down. Then you're going to find an open shot. And I think Ohio State did a great job of giving up good shots for great shots because you look up at the shot clock, somebody's open. Oh, one more pass or one more dribble then pass. They're getting a clean look and they're knocking it down. So I think that was the difference. They had us chasing, playing catch up. You know, you got to commend their effort and their fight, you know, for not giving up. And, you know, one of the main person people like you've been high on, Brooke Barnheiser, his fight in the first half was something that stood out, getting all those rebounds, keeping plays alive, getting assists. That's the kind of fight and hustle that we need from everybody from the start. So, yeah, I, I, I thought he was. Uh, yeah, I thought he was a nice, uh, you know, a nice spark plug when he when he came in and he, you know, he hasn't had that much Big Ten experience, but. Um, like we've talked about, he has really made that, you know, that transition and that growth to being a main rotation player. Uh, mm -hmm. and so I think we're going to expect a lot more out of him as we move forward in the season. But when it comes down to it, we can't have six points out of our, out of our front line. Right. Um, yeah. we, we missed a and lot the of these. Baskets. Yeah. The injury yeah. to hunger really hurts. Right. We're, we're going to, we need more out of Titus. We need a lot more out of Robbie Barron. And we need Nicholson yes. to, to score, right? We're not asking for ten a game from each of them, but mm -hmm. we're gonna, you know, we're gonna need some times where Robbie scores fifteen points, you know, because he can extend that defense, he can knock down outside shots, but he's also versatile and he can and he can get his shot off the dribble sometimes. So we're just gonna really need some more out of him, especially being a senior, as we're looking for those pickups later in the year. But something that I saw also offensively and Juice, they run some Northwestern runs some of this stuff with a little bit of a wrinkle that, that we ran, um, some Princeton yep. stuff. Like I think point, it's a yeah. little extended. You know, I think we're getting pushed back too, too, too far away from the three-point line and closer to half court um, mm -hmm. on some of these sets where I feel like we would be more efficient if we were in more of a scoring area, especially if there's a guard catching it at the top of the key. Um, mm -hmm. I know it, we're talking Princeton talk, but if it's snapped to the point and – you know, yeah. you're 10 feet off the three-point line. There's there's really not an angle to play, um, you know, with the weak side, to throw it to that high post and run action off of that. Uh, so I'd like to see us get a little bit tighter with our sets, um, especially in our motion and Princeton stuff, where I think we could be a lot more effective using screens, rub screens, playing, you know, over the top, 
getting some backdoor cuts, um, but also utilizing each other for handoff screens, things like that that are Princeton staples that you and I used really fully to our advantage um, where yeah. it really causes some confusion for the defense. Um, so I'd like to see that really pick up in practice over the next couple of days is focusing on that offensive execution where we can just get easier looks, right? We don't get a lot of easy layups. We don't yes. get a lot of standstill threes in rhythm. So I'd like to see us utilize our sets and our offensive uh, ability and reads and, and, and react type behavior in order to get some of those looks. Yeah, and you that's a perfect thing that you just said with the us not getting so many standstill catch-and-shoot threes. I feel like not that often we see a lot of draw and kicks, or if we do get those catch-and-shoot opportunities, they're kind of – they're, they're highly contested shots. I feel like we shoot a lot of quick one-pass, two-pass shots within the offense or in transition. You know, we shoot a lot of shots quick. So I would also like to see, you know, that adjustment to the offense that you mentioned. Starting closer, you know, more in a scoring area to be more of a scoring threat. But also I would like to see them go through their sets with more tempo. Because if you remember, you know, when we played with our Princeton, that first person starting that offense, whether you're passing and cutting through, or you're swinging it to that other guard, that person to start the offense is sprinting. And you know how that's contagious. Once every everyone on the team sees one person cutting and sprinting, that just picks it up. Yeah. Everybody's doing it. And from there, as you know, in practice, you know, in Carmody, we'll gobble, gobble, we get in back door yeah. just because you see them moving so fast, everything's crazy side to side. Okay, now we got that wide open layup. Yeah. So that was a great point. I would like to see them, you know, continue to do that or – you know, add that to their offense, start closer, move with more rhythm. And, you know, now we got that with the offense. Is there anything that you saw with any players that stood out that you think is good? I know we talked about Brooks, but for yeah. me, you know, I like the fact that Julian Roper made two threes off the dribble. I mean, I, I know like his confidence second. with the ball in his hand. Like he's yeah. trying to, you know, you know, for lack of better terms, get his sometimes, but he's, he's in rhythm. He, has put in a nice little between-the-leg step-back move that has gotten him some some freeness. And people respect his driving ability, his athleticism. So if he's going to be able to you know, enhance his arsenal off the dribble with incorporating some step-backs and some pull-up jumpers, I think that's going to be another weapon for us moving forward. And I think you know he's just getting back to being healthy. He had that shoulder issue. Um, he had some sickness earlier in the year. So... I'm going to look for him to, to play 20, 25 minutes a game moving forward um, just because of his versatility and the energy he brings on both ends. Right. And, you know, like you said, with that, he made those threes. That should gain, you know, give him more confidence. You should see more increased role with more minutes. But, you know, as a player, you understand what it's like. You know, you're battling back. It's kind of a double-digit lead for the other team. So, you know, shots fall, the defense intensity isn't, you know, like it is in the first half. But from a confidence standpoint, I really think that was good for Roper. And you hit it right on the head by saying more minutes and more opportunities and him adding that step back. So I think all in all, that's a really good thing for him, even though they didn't get the win that they wanted. But just from that confidence standpoint as a player, I think it was good him to see the ball go through the net a couple times. Yeah, and I, just sensing him, uh, I, I feel like he's one of those guys that you know thrives on competition, right? So mm -hmm. as the conference progresses and as we start to get into these more intense games that, a lot, that involve a lot of focus and energy and attention to detail, I think he's going to be a, a really big component for our team moving forward. Obviously, when we beat Michigan State at, on the road at Breslin, 
he was a, a huge catalyst in in that game. Made some great plays, um, you know, downhill drives where he's getting to the basket and ones, and then always defensively getting his hands on balls, deflecting deflecting things, and making sure that he's a, a catalyst on that end as well. So, um, looking mm-hmm. for a lot out of him. I think, you know, we're we're gonna have to expect him to pick up the load, um, scoring the ball a little bit, especially if Boo Tai and Chase are struggling offensively because obviously we're going to need uh, them to carry the load um, when it comes to, to, to shooting at a high volume and in terms of making shots as well. We obviously need them uh, to be more consistent. Definitely. So with that, that's a great recap on those games. And now we got some more big games coming up. You know, this Big Ten conference slate is not easy. No breaks. Starting off. And you know how it is, even though, you know, you might have had a tough loss, Ohio State, you know, a couple of days, we're right back at it with Illinois coming in. What are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about this game? Any players to watch? How are you feeling after seeing that Ohio State game? You know, I mean, again, you, you said it perfectly. It's every game's an opportunity, right? You got you to gotta flush that last game. Obviously, take a look at the film, learn, take that constructive criticism that the coaching staff can provide to you. Um, what can you do better? What did you do well? And then apply that to this next game, right? We have a rivalry game coming up in-state opponent with Illinois, yes. and they're going to be hungry, right? They're 0-2 in conference. They've gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, and they've gone on a little bit of a skid here as of late, um, losing to Missouri, losing um, you know a couple tight games as well. So uh, this is going to be a huge game for them. Uh, it could be a, a nice road win for Illinois. Obviously, the Cats want to protect home court. So I think that's going to be really important. Uh, Welsh Ryan's going to be rocking. But in terms of players I'm looking out for, um, you know, obviously we've talked about him before on the pod, but Taron Shannon Jr., uh, just a baller, right? Averaging 17 and a half a game. Has a lot of experience coming from a high-level program at Texas Tech. I thought that was a, a tremendous get in the portal by Brad Underwood and staff. Um, as well as Michael Meyer. I know I'm talking about two um, transfers, but a uh, former national championship championship winner with Baylor, a guy that has a ton of experience playing high-level basketball, and a stretch four who I think could be a, a, a difficult matchup for us. Um, those two guys, I think body-wise, I think we're going to be, uh, and size-wise, are going to be difficult matchups for us. And then they have a slew of athleticism across the front line, and... Uh, you know, they crash the glass hard, they play dip, they play hard, and are well coached. So I think they're going to be hungry. They're going to be looking to, to take out these last couple losses on the Cats. But can we respond? Can we get off to a good start? And if Illinois makes shots early, especially a couple threes, can we respond and can we stay in the game enough to keep it close by halftime? And then, you know, hey, you know, let's win the second half and let's let's – leave with a victory here at home. Those are my yeah. keys. Yeah. What about, yeah. what about you? You've played, you played in eight rivalry games, probably a couple more. Yeah. Maybe eight, eight against Illinois. Yeah. I don't know if we missed them a couple times, but um, mm-hmm. what were some of the things that, that you looked out for in this rivalry game? Obviously I know you played a lot of guys in AAU, a lot of guys from in state. Mm-hmm. So um, heading into yeah. a game like Illinois, what are, what are some of the things that, that you as a, as a hometown kid would, would, would look for? So, yeah, pretty much the atmosphere, you know, kind of similar to when we talked about, you know, Northwestern playing against DePaul, UIC. You know, you want to protect and show that you're Chicago's Big Ten team. And even though 
University of Illinois is not in Chicago, it's still an in-state rival. So this is a big game. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of orange and blue in the stands, not just purple. So that atmosphere was always something to look forward to. And then also, you just know the history of, you know, Illinois, especially after that run that they had when they had the three guards, Darren Williams, D. Brown, Luther Head. So you always you can, you just get up for those kind of games. You know that they're well coached. They got some great guards and even players on the inside. So with that, you know, the atmosphere is going to be good. But I think our keys to the game is getting off to a great start, you know, on both sides of the court and, you know, protecting that paint. They got the big guy, Dane, I think Danja. And, you know, the coach is high on him. He just had his first start, had 22 points. And in one of the press conferences, the coach was saying he's been having really great practices where he's just dominating. And he compared him to Kofi Cockburn. So, you know, that's a big comparison. So that scares me, you know, with our front court, you know, being thin. And on top of that, they got guards that can score. Terrence, you know, Terrence Shannon Jr., he went to my high school. So, you know, I've always been high on him. And that goes back to my point of do the Cats have enough in them? You know, I'm sure Chase is going to take that matchup or maybe Ty Berry. Do they have enough in the tank to guard, you know, perennial scorers like this who can score at will from three levels at the basket, mid-range, three-pointers? and still be able to produce on the offensive end. Personally, I would like to see more of maybe Ty Berry or Julian Roper take on that bigger defensive role just because, you know, Chase and Blue are going to be one. Yeah, just, you know, if even if it's not the whole game, just give Chase a few minutes of a break so he can focus on offense because we need it. And, you know, if you have to get stops to win the game, but also we still got to be able to put the ball in the basket. So I would like to see some other guards, you know, take on bigger defensive roles just so Chase has more of an opportunity to focus a little bit more on the offensive end, but not completely go away from defense because he's been playing at an all Big Ten defensive level. So I'm excited to see that. And then I believe it's Sincere Harris. He's another guy that, you know, got his first start. He's young and he's kind of like that Swiss Army knife guy. You know, he can score it a little bit and he's glued in. He's locked in on a defensive end. So I that like can they have be three something. or four of those types of guys, right? Like, yeah, um, you know, a, a lot of those guys, you know, six eight, six nine, versatile, can step out and shoot it, um, can guard multiple positions, which I feel like is you know a staple of of Brad Underwood's philosophy and scheme. Um, what I think Illinois may be lacking is a, is a true point guard, right? So yeah. this goes back to can we maybe switch up our defense a little bit, keep them off balance. Um, and I think they're subse- they're susceptible to turn the ball over at times. It can get a little erratic um, if you know they're pressured. So maybe utilize our our, our backcourt depth a little bit. I know we've talked about you know you know some of the lack of depth on our front court, um, but maybe set up a, a little box uh, a box zone press back to man to man or back to a two three just on a, on some occasions like after free throws or something like that to really keep them off balance and maybe slow Illinois down a little bit. Um, or even just to take some time off the shot clock and not let them get into their sets quickly and efficiently. There you go. Those are really good points. And speaking with the press, I feel like it was the last game they played, you know, before the new year, Illinois. They usually press, and from what I read and heard in the press conference, they went away from their traditional press that they've been running Mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, protect the big guy, Dane. And from that, they said he excelled in the protect defense that they played on the pick and roll. So, that would be interesting to see if they're going to, you know, go back to the press that they use or if they're going to kind of 
switch up their defensive schemes with us, you know, coming in with this big game, knowing we have guards that can come off and shoot that pull up as well as get downhill. So that would be interesting to see. And I agree with your point. I think we should throw out different defenses just to change the rhythm, change the tempo, give them different looks. And I really like that idea of the press to kind of slow things down just so they don't have that full shot clock to shoot. Yeah, and I hope our guards attack the you know attack the hips of the bigs that that could potentially be hedging out hard. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you know it's been a huge point of emphasis that I've seen so far in terms of officiating is not allowing the big guys to really like use their hips at all, um, even if mm-hmm. it's just like the slightest little edge out. Um, you really have to be square to the ball this year as a big hedging out. So mm-hmm. hopefully, taking advantage of that emphasis. Um, with officiating could be a way to, to get them in foul trouble, maybe switch up their lineups, um, and maybe not have that dominant presence inside uh, that could potentially give us some, some matchup problems. There you go. And as well as with that, you know, like we talked about previously, let's throw the ball inside a few yeah. times. Yeah. Make them guard a few even different ways. Who knows? Shooting. Even, if, even if the yeah. bigs aren't even shooting the ball. Not. Right? Yes. Just, you know, pound it in there. Make them guard, defend, maybe tire them out. Who knows? You might even draw a foul. And from that, then you bring them out to the perimeter on those ball screens. Who knows what can happen? So think, you know, offensively and defensively, the Cats, we should try to mix up a few things and throw some new looks at them so we can, you know, protect home court and get back in the win column in the conference play. For sure. I definitely think it's possible. Again, like I said, I think Illinois is going to be hungry, but um, I think we're going to be as well. Uh, we have to be. We have to come into the game with a new focus, a new intensity, and understand that it's a new game, right? One game season right now. Attack the game as, as one. Um, win or lose, we move on to the next one too. But obviously, we'd, we'd love that dub. But I really want to see us come out with more fire, more passion and intensity, uh, and really build up that crowd so that we can get behind them and, and propel them to victory. Yeah, and students should be back close to him. Exactly. Oh, wow. that so that nice. should definitely help uh, over the next couple yeah. of weeks. Mm-hmm. Hell, so after that, we're going to transition into Indiana. Indiana Juice, you had some success in Indiana. Um, in, Indiana. You, at, you at, Indiana at Indiana, when we played at Conseco Fieldhouse in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. That too, that too. Playing against Indiana, we've had some success in our day. I remember you yeah. had an unbelievable first half. Um, this was my sophomore year, I think your senior year. Um, yeah. You had an unbelievable first half at Indiana. Hit an and one three after hitting like two in a row. You gave me some yeah. assists, I know that. Um, and, you know, we came out and hit him in the mouth, but it, it, it ended up being a, a really tough game down the stretch. But um, I remember you came off like thumbs up or something like that, hit a, hit a sweet little pull-up ju- pull jumper coming to your left, mm-hmm. um, and then knocked down some big free throws down the stretch. So... Uh, coming from someone who's had success in Assembly Hall, obviously very difficult place to play, very difficult opponent, top 15, top top 20 opponent um, with a lot of experience and skill set um, coming into, you know, coming into a game that, you know, they're looking to win um, and are probably favored by, you know, a decent amount to win. Um, yeah. What are some keys for you and, and what did you look for as a player going into that tough environment? especially with someone in the ball with the ball in their hands a lot, um, being a point guard and a leader on the floor. Yeah. So going into that, you just know certain arenas you're going to go into, it's going to be pretty much sold out. They're going to have all the colors of that school and it's going to be loud. Hostile, loud, hostile. So, yeah. know, as a team, you really have to be locked into the teams, you know, the coaches, staffs, game plan 
and while you're on the court, you really have to communicate because a coach might be calling out a play, a player on the court might say something, but you really can't hear. You can attest to it. You know how loud it is. So, you know, those games, you just kind of have to be a little bit more focused than usual. And you really have to be, you know, focused on what the coach is saying. Because, you know, as a point guard on the court, you know, you kind of like the coach on the court as well. So messages that coach wanted to get relayed, you would have to get into huddles during free throws. Or if it's a timeout, you know, you got to run to somebody and tell them one thing. But, you know, mainly for me, it was just the atmosphere. And then going there is, you know, they had shooters rims. So I always look forward to it. Just shooting rounds were always fun. And then playing against a team like this, tough schedule, well-coached, well-prepared. They got a beast on the inside, you know, who flirted with the NBA a little bit. You know, it's always exciting to go play those games, but we have to remember it's just one game. Like you said, it's a one-game season. It's not like it's a seven-game series or anything. We're more than capable. We can go in there and beat them, and we have to believe. So I would, I hope that Coach Collins' message to the team is the same as when they went to Michigan State. If you don't think we can win, let's not get on this bus. Let's not get on this plane. You got to come in with that mindset and attitude knowing, you know, we prepare the same way they do, and we're more than capable. So I would like to just see them come out with that energy, that defense from the beginning. And then, no, shooter's rim. So we've had success there, and I know they're going to have success. So with that, what are some keys or things that you look forward to when you play there? And we'll get into the X's and O's and players in a little bit, but what did you look for going there? Embracing the moment, right? You know you're stepping into a a place with rich history. Uh, I always always embrace those games, right? Like – crowd was always on you they you know they had information about you that you may not even have uh yeah. knew they had so like stuff like that you have to embrace and and, and really yeah. harness that to to make yourself better and prove to uh yourself prove to the fans out there that hey like whatever you're saying about me you could read off my stats whatever um yeah. you can read off media. my girlfriend yeah, like, whatever, right it's even worse medias. now right i'm sure yeah so mm-hmm. like Embrace that stuff and harness it into, uh, you know, playing a better game. I always loved those, getting up for those games and always felt like I had like an extra step and an extra bit of energy, but at the same time, just remaining focused. And I think for this Indiana game coming up, I think it's a huge scouting report game. I think these guys have a lot of tendencies. Trace Jackson Davis specifically loves to go left, right? He's a yeah. right shoulder player, loves to go left, but he's so athletic he can get away with it. But I think if you take some of that away and take away his second jump, you know, you can limit him a little bit. And you can put him on the foul line. He's shooting under 70% right now from the season. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, they're a little beat up right now. Uh, you have Xavier Johnson, their number one point guard, who's been out with a yeah. foot injury. Trace Jackson Davis has been out over the last few games as well. Um, that's been undisclosed. But, you know, we'll see if they're back for the, the, their Iowa game coming up. If not, and if they win that game, they could potentially be sitting against the Cats. But nonetheless, like I said, it's a big scouting report game. I think a lot of these Indiana players have tendencies and do things well. So if we could take that one thing away, like Miller Cop, got to run him off the three-point line. Um, yes. uh, Trey, Trey Galloway, you can't let him get in the lane. He's got a great floater. He's, he's really crafty with the ball and can make really good decisions. He's a good passer. Um, so a lot of things that, that we can do that we can hopefully take away, um, you know, against their personnel. Yeah. And, you know, you just brought him up, Miller Cop. You know, he was a former Northwestern player. Yeah. Games like this, you know, from my experience, you have to watch out for players like that. They always come in those games 
with a little chip on the shoulder, the extra motivation. I'm sure you felt that way when you would go back home and play at Michigan, Michigan State. So you know how it is. You play against your former team or a team that, you know, once recruited you or you wanted to go there. So, you know, you can kind of expect him to be laser focused and really coming out trying to shoot the ball and show Northwestern that he has improved or, you know, he's expanded his game. It's not just that traditional, you know, that catch and shoot. He can put it on the floor, mix it up, get in the paint, rebound. And another player, you know, Jalen Hood, Shafino, he's really stepped up since the injury of, you know, Xavier Johnson. I think his last four, he's averaging maybe 15 and four. So I think he's stepped up and benefited, you know, from the extra opportunities that he's getting. But, you know, you mentioned they've been dealing with some other injuries as well. We don't know about, you know, Tracy Jackson, if he's going to play against Iowa, against us. So it could be a situation where we might be going in to play them at the right time. You know, if they win against Iowa, then, you know, they're coming home. You know, there are some talks that Indiana isn't going to lose a game at home in conference. But, you know, I'm excited that the Cats get to go there first and, uh, you know, get our turn at it. Iowa, you know, it could be the right time that the Cats are playing them. They have some injuries. You know, they're going to play, you know, at Iowa. Then they're coming home. You know, a lot of people are talking Indiana isn't going to lose a game at home in the Big Ten Conference season. Uh, How, when is the last time that's happened, Juice? Never. I disagree. You know, Northwestern <laughs> is coming in there, you know, in a few days. So, you know, I right. think, you know, that's we're going to have to change that conversation. Dude, that, could real. The first week, that could end before the first week of the uh, Big Ten season. My, my, I'm hanging my hat that it is going to end. I got a lot of confidence and faith in the Cats, especially after the success that you and I have had there, shooting right. the ball, getting wins. I believe that's going to carry over. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see, you know, eventually we'll probably get Indiana again in that Big Ten Conference tournament where, personally, I've had success against them there as well. Yes, you have. So I'll be excited to see how this game goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. I think it's going to be a, a really good game, Juice. Uh, and, you know, like I said, embrace the environment. Uh, talk your shit, right? Like, you know, yeah. be there, like – Get into it with the fans, like whatever, like shush the crowd, whatever. But something that's going to keep the team hype, I think that's something yeah. that's been lacking, right? Like where is our energy? Where's our emotion? And I think a game like that at Assembly Hall can really spark that. Um, but mm-hmm. doing it in a controlled way, right? Like making sure it's for your teammates. It's going to allow them to rally around you um, or rally around each other to really get that extra level, to get that extra step up. Um, and, and heighten that focus and, and, and bring us to victory. So um, really looking yeah. forward to the slate of games coming up, Juice. Uh, I'll definitely see you in Welsh Ryan on Wednesday. Uh, yes, big game coming up. And then we right on the road to change the narrative of Indiana winning all their home games in the Big Ten Conference season. That's right. Yeah. So appreciate it, Wildcat fans. Thanks for tuning in. You can catch Wildcat Alley on all your social media platforms. New Amendment, appreciate you guys. Good seeing you, Marco 3 Leo. Yes, sir, Juice. Shout out Juice Hoops. Yes, sir. Give me on there. Shout out Juice Hoops. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. 
We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.